The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, This is the Tom Sumner Program, and um, my guest this hour is the first of uh, two in a row that are returning to the show. She was uh, last on the show to talk about her book, The Audacity to Be Divine. She is the uh, founder of a nonprofit organization that works with... uh, foster youth in college called home of champions and um thought with uh, mother's day coming up that we might uh, invite her back to talk about her her own mother's legacy and how it impacted the good work that she does her name is judith halbreich and she joins me by phone hi judith welcome back hi thanks tom it's wonderful to be back um you know, I, I mentioned you were on the show before, and we talked about your book, The Audacity to Be Divine, and uh, and also the founding. We talked quite a bit about Home of Champions. It's a, a phenomenal organization. But how did your mother's legacy influence the things that you've done, Home of Champions and, of course, the book? Yes, her... Uh her life was um, not an easy one. Um, she had pretty much uh, a difficult life, um, and the book touches on the the physical and emotional abuse. Uh, it touches on foster parenting, adoption, mental illness, marital discord, then divorce, and really... Um, everything that she went through, like the dark night of the soul, um, and her experience going within, 
Um, and that's what I describe. I witnessed her, and she was an amazing woman, even throughout all the difficulties she had in life. But there was a time that she stopped and went went within. And um, that's what I describe in the book, how she started to um, pray, meditate. She transcended all of the negative into positive, and this is what I grew up with. So whenever there was a difficulty, she would transform it into a positive. Um, but it, and it was a process. Judith, when you talk about that, there are so many um, moms that are everyday heroes, uh, you know, keeping family yeah. together and holding down jobs and, and yeah. still finding time to work in the community. But your mother, um, or, or, or what was your mother's name? Mary. So my mother's name was Mary Murzowski. And she ended up being a, a really extraordinary social activist and and a world-renowned spiritual leader. Um, yes. This this goes beyond what most of us think in terms of, um, uh, you know, being an overachiever. Yes, I I I uh, absolutely uh, again witnessed this. Um, and I think it was because she chose uh, prayer, and she, she chose a spiritual practice and that desire, because everything else failed. I mean, she was a businesswoman. She did so many great things. She really helped children um, by fostering them and in the community and all of this, but what turned her life was her desire that there's got to be more than all of this. There has to be more. And that's when she went and started, uh, you know, through all this um, uh, crises and sadness, she said, oh, God, there's got to be more. And that's when she started her path of connecting with the divine in all this mess. And, and after four or five hours of meditation, she, she changed. Um, you don't have to, you don't, certainly we don't have to sit for four hours. <laughs> but she went off and she created um, with Thomas Keating, Father Thomas Keating, the first lay contemplative um, retreat center. And they would sit for um, hours and meditate, but also invite people to um you know, practice. And she used to say to me, what's more important in this life is a spiritual practice, is connecting to this divine that we all, every one of us have. We're, we're collectively, we're interconnected with one another, and then we're all divine. We just don't know it. <laughs> but she, she was blessed to find it. How was it that her teachings led her to, to five continents? Well, she, um, a prayer, uh, truth was form of prayer. So here you have this, um, this very colorful woman who would be with pretty much, you know, spiritual leaders come out in a red dress and red high heels and very sensuous, 
talking to seminarians, and they used to call her in the prison the lady. Well, her word and her truth, just uh, whatever she said was a divine intervention. So that's how it grew. She believed in what she, you know, the contemplative prayer, and a lot of people refer to this is, you know, what Christians believe, you know, you have to pray, you have to do this, and other religions in order to attain this divine connection. Well, you can do that just by sitting in the quiet without the noisy monkey in the brain, and we can all be connected. So she would obviously, you know, that was her her call to do this, and they, she was in demand all over. Um, she gave lectures, and what was coming through, Tom, was a divine voice. And uh, a teacher once, I, I say this often because this is pretty poignant, a teacher in one of her lectures after the lecture came to her and said, Mary... I am so unhappy. You know, I've been teaching 30 years. I'm just not happy anymore. And she would come out and say, well, put your heart in your work, and then you'll find the answer. So this was the very clarity, clarity of, of what she was doing. And, and that's how it happened, that she was in demand. She was in demand because she and Thomas Keating created contemplative outreach, and um, it's worldwide, and she was the first layperson to, to do this, and her teachings led her across, you're right, five continents, and thousands followed, and many considered her a modern-day saint and a role model for transformation, and, and actually a sage for self-fulfillment. So, but she had to go through a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, because this was in the this was in the fifties, <laughs> and a a recently divorced single mom doesn't travel the yes. globe lecturing. Yes, and uh, she went through a process. <laughs> that's right. And <laughs> yes, but years ago, divorce wasn't accepted. You know, she was raised Catholic, and years ago, she wasn't. That wasn't accepted. You would, you were excommunicated. So, you know, I mean, even couples in the town that I grew up in stopped talking to her because she was now a single woman. So she had gone through quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, a divorced woman raising two daughters, you know, trying to keep financially keep up with what's going on, sending my sister and I to college with, Little or no money, and she did it. So this is a, an astonishing story, and I reflected in this book and how she did it. Um, but her call was, God, is this all there is? Are you kidding? I thought marriage was this, but it's not. I thought, you know, so... This was her calling to go through all of this, and then she made choices. And the choices were, Tom, to eventually, right, eventually through this discourse of a, of a 
you know, not a great marriage and a, a terrible marriage and then a divorce, she she actually transformed all of this into resilience and and unparalleled truth seeking. And this was her this was her path. And she taught us all. And and the book is really an homage to her legacy. The the book is called yes. The Audacity to Be Divine. And and that's such a great title, Judith, because Aww, it did take you. a lot of audacity to rise yes. above those challenges, especially in the fifties. Yes. Especially when the church said, Oh, you're getting divorced, you're excommunicated especially when there's no support system, especially when women in business had a tough, and she had several different businesses, and it was tough. Was she running businesses? Because most women in the 50s would have been maybe secretaries or telephone operators. Uh, well, in the 60s, 50s, 60s, she had a, um, a hardware store in Jamaica, Queens, New York, um, that she, I remember, ha you know, she had that. And then she went into, like, the the Mary Kay and the Tupperware, and she became managers. She drove a pink car. <laughs> 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 I mean, whatever she, in real estate, she bought a, a home in East Hampton, that, a second home. That must have been I mean, a little embarrassing getting dropped off at school <laughs> in a pink car. Well, I don't think, no, I I don't remember getting a, yeah, I don't remember that, being embarrassed. I think we walked to school, so that was okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, but so whatever she did, she was brilliant, actually brilliant. And in the book, I describe how this Italian family, her her father was an immigrant from Italy, and the mother Italian uh, from Rome, and how the daughter, the first daughter in that family, she had to quit school in 11th grade in order to bring money into the family, whereas her brother was okay. He, he, can, he can continue schooling, but Mary had to quit so she can bring in the money. And this is a gal but who had every potential... But she did work before uh, before she got married and had a family. Oh my goodness! Yes, she worked at when she was nine years old. There was families that wanted to like adopt her because she was an amazing gal, and she worked way before she got married in um, Gertz. Maybe some people remember Gertz on Long Island. It's now closed, but she worked there. Um, so she had an incredible. She was just a a very smart lady, but also in this Italian family, she had to bring the money back home. Judith, I have to take back. a. I, I have to bring some money back home. Uh, <laughs> I have to take. A, <laughs> I, we all do. <laughs> I have to take a short break here. Can you stick around for there a few minutes so we can talk some more sure. about your mom and about your work and and all of that? Yeah. My guest is uh, Judith Halbrecht, and she is the uh, author of a book called "The Audacity to Be Divine," which is an homage to her mother, and uh, an appropriate uh, guest with Mother's Day coming up Sunday. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more with Judith right after this. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. And welcome back, everybody. We're going to continue my uh, conversation with the author of a book, uh, which is an homage to her mother, uh, appropriate with Mother's Day coming up this Sunday. Uh, The book is uh, called The Audacity to be Divine by Judith Halbreich. She is the founder of uh, Home of Champions, and we'll talk about that and more with Judith uh, Judith coming up uh, during this segment. Uh, Judith, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure. <laughs> um, now, Judith, we were talking in the last segment about your mom and some of her accomplishments, but how did that inspire, and you have a, a sister? Yes, I do. How did that inspire you and and your sister to do the things you do in in terms of activism, but but also just in terms of everyday life? So it it the experience inspired me, um, and I also I don't want to speak for my sister, but I could see with her life to give to others to be of service to others, to love others. Um, And that is the most important lesson that I've learned. You know, we can have all the things, you know, an East Hampton summer home, a nice little house here, uh, cars. But the most important uh, lesson I've learned from Mary is that we have to be other-centered, and give back. So that's what I learned. And that's what gives joy. Um, because when you give, it's not that you expect to get back, but it is a joy to be of service to others. Have you given any thought, or, or has it crossed your mind how your mother might have dealt with or handled the the pandemic and and what we've been going through and the challenges that that has presented for parents all over the yes. country. Yes, that's a that's a great question and very insightful. I thought uh, my experience with it um, is through the difficulties, not only nationally, you know, and statewide. But it's a time to reflect because this is what's happened to us all over the world. And what are we going to do to move on to better the world? So it's, it's, it's almost like, a, and I'm not going to say it's a gift that we all suffer, but it's a time that we're all home. Well, at least maybe we a silver to, lining. Yeah, it's a silver lining. We had to like be sequestered. And I know I had to move my my office, you know, out of New York City and all that. And and kids that um, I had are now online, but they don't go online. So I had to reflect personally, what would I do? So I had to go on in the inner life. Okay, this is what's happening, and probably. We're going to come out with better programs and and policies, especially for the disconnected and the disadvantaged youth. Because if they can't, if they're at a, they get to college on their own merit, 
and then they leave college because their foster parent lost their job or they don't have a computer or they don't have technology or so it was a time of reflection so i think from my mother's perspective speak the truth that's what she would say what is the truth okay the truth is for me we're losing half our youth no no I mean, we're addressing the entire nation and the world, just saving lives with this pandemic. And what's happening with our youth? Where are they? The disconnected, the ones that don't have support or mentoring. So for me, the pandemic and from my mother's, you know, um, teachings and way of life, reflect, this is a time of reflection. So now I'm kind of, Tom, gearing what I have to do now in order to address the issues of where are they? Let's get them, you know, back on track. Just recently, the um, uh, Mayor de Blasio in New York City uh, declared he was uh, opening everything up July 1st. What what does that mean for you, Judith, and, and for Home of Champions? Well, I um, I always go, I err towards caution because Home of Champions is uh, an hour away from New York City, and I've had students that, um, interns from uh, the SUNY State, um, that don't even, they don't come by without a mask or they're cautious. I still, we still have to be very cautious. So our plans are like the end of the summer, accordingly to like to the CDC regulations, to bring a small group on, and then hopefully in the fall. But you know, we still have to be pretty cautious. And what's the what's the goalpost? Is it seventy percent vaccination, or or what they're calling herd immunity? Yes. Yes, I think it is uh, 70%, and I don't know as far as students are concerned. I know that many of them um, are have been tested or received the vac- vaccination, but they're still cautious. They are, and they're still working from home, and they're still not only, I, I don't mean working from home, but they're still um, online with classes or they're hybrid. And some of them are like working in in uh, certain corporations, like coffee places, and they're very cautious. So I'm just waiting, and I'm planning with you know all the regulations coming up. I'm planning on having on-site programming, and and including our summit online stuff. But I'm planning on having it, you know, towards the beginning of the fall, and that's the safest. It should be the safest. You know, I just recently spoke with um, uh, Sergeant Shriver's son, Mark, who heads up the uh, Save the Children uh, Action Network in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, his his dad had been the head of the Peace Corps, and yeah. um, and and his dad and, and mom had uh, 
started Special Olympics, and, and they, they had just done all these incredible things. And I asked Mark this question, and I'm going to turn it to you in a moment. I, mm-hmm. I said, with the, the legacy of your parents, was there any choice but to go into public service? Um, well... And I, and I turn that same question to you. With your mom's legacy, could you have done anything other oh, yeah. than what you're doing? Yes. There was actually, because uh, I said to my mother, oh, by the way, sergeants, uh, the father came to speak with, um, he came to our college and spoke about the Peace Corps. So I wanted you to know that. Yeah, yeah. He... <laughs> I met him personally. He came and spoke. <laughs> he came and spoke at, uh, um, I went to a, a St. Mary's in Indiana, and he came and spoke there. So I, I had to I, I think that. he. I think he spoke almost everywhere, Judith. <laughs> yes, yes. He was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but an inspiration, too. Exactly, so, but, and and that's why yeah. I posed that question to Mark, and 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 in a very similar uh, way, your mother was that kind of an achiever, and and so you know how did that um, did that give you any choice but to help others? Um, I don't know. You know, it's a good question, and it's. Uh, um, a reflective answer. I uh, went into college to, you know, think about teaching. But then in my junior year, I thought, no, I'm going to help others. It just came to me. And I, and I really pondered with, you know, art and being in the theater. And I don't, I think that it's in getting in touch with my soul and, 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 Maybe that uh, influences me and what she did, but it really had nothing to do with my 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 soul's path. So I ponder, you know, I did theater in college, and um, I loved it or art. But no, I had to do something else. And whether my mother, in, I don't think my mother influenced me. I think that's how I came into this earth. Uh, to serve, and I'm very happy with it. And, and somebody said to me, "You you should be, you know you want to make a million, two million, then ten million, but that's not how I came in the earth. I came in to serve um, in this way. In this way, you know, we talked about your mom's achievements uh, as a survivor, as a teacher, um, but what about as a mom? What was it like for you and your sister growing up with someone driven in the way your mom was? Um, and extraordinary. So, and I'm saying that very objectively because she gave us everything that we needed. Um, and I don't know if, if people remember, you know, B. Altman's in Manhattan. It was called B. Altman's. Uh, they they closed in the 70s, I think. But if we saw a dress or a suit in B. Altman's, she would find a way, and we liked it, she would find a way to get it. So 
she was amazing. Uh, we would drive through Oyster Bay and the, the Gold Coast, and she said to us, you can have anything you want in this world, anything. Just focus, and if, if that's what you want, you'll get it. Anything. So <laughs> that's, that's, where, that's who I grew up with. Yeah. So I said to her, do you think, yeah, I said, can I, I will really would like to be a doctor, you know, she, and I was 13. She said, okay, then if that's what you want to do, you do it. Of course you're capable. <laughs> and that was it. That, I mean, your, your mother was really quite a bit ahead of her time in that regard because yes. um, it, it, it wasn't generally assumed that young women could be anything they wanted to be. Exactly. She was always ahead of her time, and that's Mary. And you, you know what, Tom? You, you pinpointed it, and that's exactly. She was always ahead of her time, always. And can you imagine this woman who meditated and then became transparent and then, like, spoke the truth in very poignant responses to people, always. And now they're talking about it. They're talking about consciousness. They're talking about we're all interconnected. Well, that was my mother. So, Do you think World yeah. War II ha- played a role in, in shaping your mom and, and what she believed and what she thought was, was possible? Um, and, and I... I use that demarcation of World War II because until that point, um, women didn't really go out in the workplace much. And then in the wake of, well, during the war and then following the war, women were beginning to show up in the workplace more. Yeah, I mean, I know that my father was in World War II, and he did get a Purple Heart, and he came home, and it was the time, you know, where the country in the 50s were doing doing pretty well, Um, you know, all of us financially. Um, I, 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 I don't think it was a result of anything like that. I just think Mary was unique, despite World War One. I, I mean, World War Two, or the fifties and sixties, and the crises that I experienced in the fifties and seventies. Um, you know, with what was going on here, I, I don't think that influenced her. I I, uh, I think that it did influence her, but I think that she had her own mindset and that she transformed the negative into the positive. And I know I'm living on Long Island um, in the 60s. It was very, very difficult with what was happening. Um, but she, again, saw the positive and she spoke the truth no matter what, what was happening. She spoke the truth. Now I don't remember how much we talked about the uh, the the pandemic, but um, 
I'm, I'm curious, uh, basically in the context of the whole country getting back to normal or some sort of new normal, um, mm-hmm. are, are you excited about the light at the end of the tunnel for Home of Champions? Yes, of course. So what what has happened to me personally, um, I'm very excited because I now have realized that we have to change the system. And this didn't happen to me before the pandemic. It's not status quo. It's just not another agency. What I thought about and what I really believe is that we have to figure out, uh, and I'm getting a consortium together of experts, how to address and take care of the disadvantaged youth that are coming into society, whether they're discharged at age 18 or 21, which is way too young, right? It is. It's way too young because they're out there. They can't get an apartment. They can't afford it. So I'm thinking... We have to address this. So if they're distributing vaccines very well now, and they are, and why not focus on disadvantaged youth that are getting back into society? Let's focus on them. They're our future. So this has been a remarkable journey during the pandemic because I realized after providing summits online, they're not interested in summits. They want to work or they're disconnected. They don't have a mentor or there's a But it's still, it's still important because young people, there are a lot of, there are a lot of brick walls out there. And young yeah. people, when they crash into them, need a place to land and regroup. Yeah. And people who have a home and families that, you, you know, how many times do we hear parents talking about, yeah, my college kid crapped out and, you know, they're living in my basement for a little bit till they figure out what's next. Y- you know, that happens in life. Um, but mm-hmm. for some of the kids that you're talking about, there's no place to, to land and regroup. Yes. And that's the issue. So, when they're discharged from, and you know, I'm not demeaning the system. I'm just saying, let's do better. When they're discharged, where do they go? Well, yeah, you can't just shoot them out of a cannon. Yeah, exactly. Where do they go? And there's the simplest thing is to get establish a mentoring program where a mentor follows them for life. (laughs) It's like big brothers, big sisters for big kids. Uh, yes, this is a a mentor who says, okay, you want to go to college, you want to graduate, you want to do this, and this is what I advise you, or you don't find a place, and I can send you there. Somebody that is an, an angel mentor, somebody that's there for them, because it only takes one person, either a, a, if you don't have a mother, right, or a father that's extraordinary mentor then you have an aunt a grandmother and if you don't have that which they don't then you have to have this mentor and that's where i 
am going to develop all of this, the intergenerational, where these older people are living alone, lonely, because they have no one. So why not connect them with these kids that need someone? Why not move ahead and connect the intergenerational group, the over 70, 65, that are sitting in their homes that have no one that might want to be a mentor, might want to love a kid. And by the way, I'm not going to mention her name, but there was a 42-year-old woman, she's written a book about it, that was adopted by a 70-year-old woman. And she's flourishing. So let's look at what we have and deal with it. Judith, um, the last time you were here, we talked quite a bit about Home of Champions. And I'll just uh, say about that, its mission is, uh, it's a 501c3 nonprofit with a mission to provide a home base for youth ages 16 to 24 who are emerging from the foster care system. Um, as, as someplace, it, it's literally like an incubator for the next phase in their lives. And what I want to do, since we're almost out of time, is uh, give you an opportunity to share with our listeners where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, Judith, do you have a website? I do, yes. And it's uh, homochampionsny.org. And um, please visit it. We are um, organizing a build-your-own-tiny-home for kids coming out of care in college that, that are going to learn how to build their tiny home, but metaphorically learn how to build their foundation of their life, what that means. So please visit, and um, we are on the grounds of, uh, historically, the famous Floyd Patterson boxer, um, and Muhammad That's Ali right. I had forgotten camp. that. I'm glad you reminded me of that, Judith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, i got to tell you, Tom, I was looking for property to uh, do this program, and for two years I couldn't find the right one, and all of a sudden this came up, and Floyd Patterson's estate, it still has the boxing ring there, yeah. and these are where the, the great boxers, like, trained, Muhammad Ali, Igmar Johansson, and they were friends with Floyd Patterson. But more importantly, the kids understand that these guys came from a rough, tough life. Right, right. Yeah, that's a tremendous inspiration. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, Judith, we have to end it there, but it's great talking with you again, and I appreciate you spending this time with me today. Thank you. Thanks, Tom, and the best of everything to you. All right. Well, Judith, keep up the good work. Thank you. Take care. Bye. That was Judith Halbreich. She is the author of a book called um, The uh, 
Audacity to be Divine, a, uh, an homage to her mother, and she is also the founder of a tremendous nonprofit organization called Home of Champions. We're going to let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break, and uh, we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, 
Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Mom always liked you best. (laughs) My mom always liked my brother best, and she never liked me. Mom and... Why you, you and mom. Telling, why do you keep telling me mom always likes you because best? Because she. Every re- time you get mad, you say mom always liked you best. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, mom always liked you best. You want to know? And you always picked on me. You and mom. You my mom and my brother get together and say we don't like you because mom liked you best you know and she why never she, liked me. Wait a minute. Do you know why she liked me best? She. Oh. <laughs> Would you like to know why? She liked me best. Sure, she liked me best. Why not? I never knew mom liked you best. <laughs> you and mom always used to pick on me. That's now I remember. Yeah, now you remember. Mom liked you best and she never liked me. You want to know why? Why? Because I happen to be an only child. Touchy, touchy. <laughs> Touche. Touche. This just isn't your night, Tommy. Your mom no. gave you a dog. My mom gave my brother a dog, and I didn't get to have a dog in more than anything. Everybody had dogs. I didn't have a dog. You got to have a dog in more than anything in the whole world. I wanted to have a dog of my own. I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I want to I have a dog like my brother Dickie Smothers. You remember me. I'm Tommy Smothers. <laughs> And I never got to all have right, a dog, is, and I, you wouldn't let me play I, with your dog or anything. I remember when I was 10 years old, I said, oh, if I could only have a dog. My brother had a dog, and I, I couldn't... Crying, I Daddy. didn't get to play with your dog, and you, you would I? always tell Mom when I play with your dog, Hey, Tommy's playing with my dog. You remember Tommy, the kid you don't like so much? <laughs> and I didn't get to play with a dog, and I didn't have a dog. Oh, hold it a minute. Before we go any further, you... You know you had your own pet already. Crummy chicken. (laughs) You wanted it. It's no fun playing with a chicken. They don't bark good. You wanted it. I didn't want that. You wanted to sell the eggs. It was a rooster. (laughs) And every Saturday, my brother, all all of his friends, they get on their, they all get up their dogs and they get their bicycles. I didn't have a bicycle either! <laughs> you had a bicycle! Now hold it down. Now. You're just getting excited. You had a wagon. That was a good wagon. One wheel? <laughs> What'd you do with the other wheels? Well, it was hard for the chicken to pull that one wheel wagon. Listen. You never liked me and you went on hikes and you... and. You know why you didn't get to go on hikes? You, you never had, would accept you know, me. No, you even had a dolly. A what? A dolly. My brother had a doll. Shut up. You 
shelf about my dolls. You had that dolly. I remember you and your dolly. <laughs> I said, Mom, don't give me a dolly. <laughs> I, I was always, I always liked my brother. Mom says, always like your brother. And I like my brother. We used to hang around and do things together. Every, about once every three or four months, he'd say, come on, Tom, let's go smoke some Crayolas. <laughs> I certainly did not say that. You did too. I did not. Stains your teeth. You go it? on hikes. That's right, we went on hikes because dogs and boys go on hikes. You can't take a chicken on a hike. Frank was a good hiker. Listen, all the guys knew Frank was the best hiking chicken in the block. The reason you couldn't go on a hike, you couldn't keep up. You in that crummy wagon. But you want to know the reason? That's just one wheel wagon around. All right, Tommy, we want to know the real reason is that it wasn't your place to go on a hike with us. It's we liked you, and we liked the chicken, but boys and dogs, they go on hikes together, they're buddies, you know? A little boy even sleeps with his dog. You've never realized the place for a boy in this chicken. Chicken coop. You should have kept that crummy chicken in that chicken coop, Tom, and away from my dog. My uh, chicken killed his dog. <laughs> <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Why don't you come over? 
Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 